Hey, I hope you're enjoying this content. Want to make sure that you know about our Facebook group. It's totally free, but it's a great place to post any questions you might have, get some resources, talk to people who are doing the clinic gym model. You can find it on Facebook and it's called the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. Once again, the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. If you haven't gotten in there yet, you have to answer a couple questions so we can keep the deadbeats out, but we'd love to have you in there. And if you ever have a question about, hey, I don't know how to set up my insurance or what company do you use for this equipment, that is the absolute best place to post. Every day we're getting great questions and even better answers. And man, there's tons of resources out there that I didn't even know about. So once again, check us out on Facebook. It's the Clinic Gym Hybrid Discussion Group. Hope to see you there. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I am so glad you're here. It is our goal to help 10,000 offices build into a clinic gym. Why? It's the best version of musculoskeletal care, and it's the only version that's perfectly in line with the evidence. The word exercise comes up more than any other word in the research, so let's implement that. And this interview was built to help you understand how to do that. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited today to be joined by Dr. Taylor Premer. Taylor, what is up, my man? How are you, Josh? Good to see you, man. I'm good. Now, we are recording this early in the morning, so I might be a little foggy, but luckily, <laughs> Taylor is two hours ahead of me and feeling good. We're both right. sipping our coffee, and we're That's both right. yeah, discussing uh, the cheers. beauties of... Cheers to you, sir. The beauties of uh, all things clinic, all things gym, all things education. So yes. I'm excited for this. Now, uh, Taylor, I know there's a lot of people out there who know you. I mean, at least when I go to Parker seminars, you're the second most popular man uh, walking around. Uh, but for those who don't somehow have lived under a rock, uh, give them a synopsis of kind of your day-to-day clinic life and your extracurricular, uh, extra clinical activities. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. And, uh, so, yeah. So I'm a chiropractor. I I specialize in uh, in sports. I, I kind of say sports medicine uh, off the cuff, but uh, basically, what I love to do is every day in clinic, I love to see high school athletes. That's kind of my. Uh, that's what gets me excited. That's what gets me out of bed every single morning. And uh, it's been a journey over the last uh, five years to kind of get to that point of filling my schedule with that. Um, ironically over the last three, I've also had this like influx of pregnancy and pediatrics and postpartum, which has kind of been fun. So I literally have both spectrums, but so that's you my day to day. You got to advise them not to mix those two. You don't want high school it's athletes exactly, with a pregnant girlfriend. It's exactly you know? right. And I, I can yeah. give good advice in those, in those yeah. scenarios. So, uh, but yeah, my day to day, uh, I'm in the clinic five days a week. Um, I absolutely love treating patients. Uh, I've kind of become the the social chair, if you will, for our clinic, uh, which is Winchester Spine and Sport here in Troy, Missouri. I'm the president of the Chamber of Commerce here and then the president of the Rotary Club. And so uh, when I'm not in the clinic, I'm doing that. And then uh, when I'm not doing those things, uh, I'm running Gestalt Education, which is uh, Brett Winchester and I's kind of a side gig slash, um, you know, uh, extracurricular slash slush fund, whatever the heck you want to call it. We uh, we have way too much fun. We have a podcast that we release every single week where we interview the the likes of uh, Josh Satterley's and uh, Antonio Stecco, uh, Michael Shacklock, James Andrews, but we've been lucky enough to sit down with him. And so um, our, our whole goal with Gestalt Education, though, is to literally bring uh, education and integration. And so, um, as you know, Josh, there's uh, literally a different weekend 
weekend seminar you can take every single weekend of the year. Uh, you can go learn something new every day if you wanted to. You can get online and learn something crazy. But uh, what what we feel is missing in the world of education, especially in uh, musculoskeletal health, is the integration of all these things together. And so mm. um, during the day uh, when we're in the clinic, we, we kind of have a bullpen where all our doctors are in. And that's like the topic of conversation every day of uh you know, hey, I, I combine these two things with this patient um, and, and it worked really well. Or, you know, like, what do you guys think about this case? And so um, our goal is to take what we're doing in the lab, which is in our treatment rooms, and bring them to the masses through education. Um, we, we don't have any integration courses to say, but uh, during DNS courses, which uh, Brett is an international instructor, our goal is to kind of expose how manipulation fits in with rehab, how um, how you can progressively load your patients in the gym then to help with these different can, things. And, uh, you know, Michael Shacklock's coming into town for neurodynamics. Well, how does that fit into this big old puzzle piece that we call um, clinical practice? And uh, so anyway, that, that's been our uh, our, our flag in the ground. And that's something that we're continuing to shoot for. And, and, you know, hopefully, uh, we're, we're getting closer. Uh, and, uh, man, it's been such a fun journey over the last five years of, of getting to know, uh, people like yourself, people, people in this world, and then also, uh, getting to hang out with Brett Winchester every single day. And, um, you know, he's the reason I'm in Troy, Missouri. I somehow convinced my wife to move to this tiny little town of 10,000 people in the middle of Missouri. And, uh, it's, it's been, uh, a awesome journey and I uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. So yeah, that's, that's kind that's of awesome. my story. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I was on this podcast, I interviewed a, I don't know if you know, Brandon Marcello. Yeah. Is, yeah. I listened yeah. to it. Yeah. 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 I don't know if you remember him saying, and I don't know if, if it was on recording or off, but you know, he started out at what became athletes performance, which is now Exos. Right. But yes. early on he started yes. there and he, I said, you know, what, what was the difference? Like at that time, then they started, like things were just, this information wasn't as available. People weren't doing some of the exercises, you know, and, and most of strength and conditioning was the kind of bench deadlift squat power. Five lifting. by five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they really went for athleticism. And he said, when you were talking about your bullpen, he said, the reason we are so good, he's like, I can trace it back to me and um, oh God, the three coaches of, of athletes performance were stuck in basically th three desks in a 10 by 10 room, right? So they're running into each other on top of each other all the time. But he said the conversations we would have in there, Daryl Ito, that was the other guy. Um, yeah. And the conversation we would have and the, the closeness and the, the, as you said, the lab that occurred in those conversations are what really formed the program later on because Ito was coming out of pure Olympic weightlifting, um, you know, and they had guys that were coming out of track and, and kind of sprint drills and things. And it was those crashing together in that small room that really led to, he said, that was the really the core of their program was those conversations and having the, why did you do that with that person? Oh, cause I want to build explosive strength. And he's like, well, I would have done a hurdle drill instead of that. And yeah. Yeah. That formed into, as you said, integration and became what's now EXO. So you guys are, yeah, you're on the right if track. We're, if we're half can, of what EXOS is at the end of all this, then we'll be, we'll be so excited. In so. a couple of years, you guys will yeah. be working yeah. with the German, yeah. uh, you know, soccer team when they win the World Cup. I mean, that's it's, right. That's right. You know, a plus B equals C, baby. So that's right. That's right. Anyways. Yeah. Well, that, that's exciting. Now, uh, one thing I think that's, that's quite impressive. So, you know, you've been in practice for just coming up on five years, which relatively young in any career. Yeah. But um, when you entered chiropractic college and you know, you hadn't yet met Brett, you hadn't kind of been exposed to this different stuff. What did you think, or what was getting you excited about practice versus by the time you just finished chiropractic college? <laughs> uh, let's just start there. What, what yeah. was exciting to you? 
Yeah. I mean, uh, early on, the reason I chose chiropractic is I was getting heavy into nutrition and uh, kind of what I was eating to try to help myself, help my family kind of deal with some of these chronic illnesses and help uh, just feel better in general. And so I chose chiropractic because I thought this is a perfect place to be a primary care or direct access and be able to talk to people about nutrition and health and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that's really all I thought it was. I thought you walked in, you adjust patients, talk about health, and then you're on to the next one. That's That yeah. was kind of my view. So I'm a little standard process and they're going to do well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, my life changed when I, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Mike Heinrichs, he grabbed me and said, hey, well, there, there's this group downstairs that are adjusting people all the time. Uh, you, you should come or we, we should go check it out. And it just happened to be MPI or Motion Palpation Institute. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember the first day I walked in there and... Uh, there was this, uh, this, uh, this girl up there teaching and talking about biomechanics and how the foot functions during gait and all these like crazy things where I was like, holy smokes, I have no idea what the heck she's talking about. It was Marina Mangano. And so uh, Marina <laughs> then became my, uh, you know, <laughs> my guiding light through chiropractic yeah. school. She took me under her wing and showed me everything that, uh, that, that I could do. And then I met all these other awesome people through MPI and that's when it all changed for me. That's when I started thinking, holy smokes, this is, <laughs> this is like looking out into the ocean. You know, like it is so yeah. expansive. You can do so many different things. And uh, that's, that's what kind of took it off on me. And so my <laughs> going from thinking about just nutrition and smashing people's backs to now where I'm at today of, of dealing with ACL ruptures and athletes and, you know, return to yeah. play criterion concussions and stuff like that. I, I never would have thought that I would have been in this situation. So it's, it's, it's been awesome. quite the transformation, which has been awesome. So, yeah, it's funny. It, uh, I know that you went to, I met you when you were at Cleveland, um, what do they call it? Cleveland University, Kansas City. Everybody knows this, yep. you know, Cleveland Chiropractic College. Yeah. When you're telling that story, one thing about the physical setup of Cleveland is it's essentially a, what is it, three stories, three-story yep. office building, yep. but it's very plain in the hallways. So mm -hmm. I can just imagine you walking down the plain hall and then you go into this place and just the, the light of God just spills out and, oh, you know. That's right. Like, Marina's oh, up there preaching. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's right. Like, has this been down here the whole time? How can exactly. You me? exactly. <laughs> Luckily, it was only about halfway through my first trimester. And, you know, ironically, then the next, uh, well, it was literally like the end of the trimester. Uh, it, and I remember it was so cold, but, um, uh, Marina said, Hey, uh, you should go to this seminar. And I was like, okay. And I looked online and it was $900 and I went, what? And I literally called her. I was like, am I like, is this insane? This is $900. What am I doing? She goes, just pay it. Just go. I just, please go. So whatever. Yep. I, I did it. Uh, show up. It's snowing out. It's a miserable weekend. And uh, I walk in and there's this goofy looking dude up front, belt loop missing out of his, uh, out of his belt. And uh, he's getting ready to talk about developmental kinesiology. And it just happened to be Brett Winchester. And so awesome. at the end of my first trimester, it was Brett Winchester talking about DNS or dynamic neuromuscular stabilization. And uh, Elena Kobasova, which is uh, literally Pavel Kolash's right-hand woman who basically you know, helped him create DNS. It was those two for that weekend. And I don't remember learning a single thing. I mean, they were talking about this crazy higher neurology and, uh, you know, these developmental positions. And back then they were still teaching reflex locomotion with Voita and like all this like crazy stuff. And the only thing I took away from that weekend was like, this guy, uh, I, I need to be around him more. 
you know, like he was with the Cardinals yeah. at time at, at the time. And I didn't even consider being able to work with a professional sports team at, at, at that time. Uh, he was with the Cardinals. He was talking about these difficult athletic injuries and working with these neurologically compromised patients. And again, like it was again, like looking out into the ocean, like I thought I knew the ocean and then it was even further. And so yeah. uh, that was another like turning point in my career is like, I knew uh, whenever this dude is around, I got to go be near him. And it was never like, Oh, I need to work for him. It was just like, I need to be around him more. He he's got something that uh, that I need to have. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, you ever watched the movie Goodwill Hunting? Yes. Yeah. The the end of it where uh, where uh, what's his name Robin Williams is describing his first date with his what became his wife. Yes. And it's a he had a ticket to a Boston Red Sox playoff game and he missed it because he was talking to her. That's it's right. kind of <laughs> you know it's like I don't remember a single thing, but I knew my life had changed at that moment. Exactly. So exactly. anyway. Well, that's, that's exciting, man. So, uh, and that was in your first semester. Yeah. First trimester. Jeez. So I, then I, yeah, I was on a crusade. I bet by the time I graduated chiropractic school, I bet I took 20 courses with Brett. Yeah. And so well, the thing and I wonder too, is too, like, so. if we would have gauged your, or, or rank or you know, somehow measured your engagement in things like cadaver lab, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're just going through for rote memorization to pass the test, it's like, man, okay. Like, okay. That's where that nerve yeah. goes. Yeah. But when you understand it or you're like, you're doing DNS or, you know, even if you're just doing some simple, uh, some simple soft tissue system and you're like, Oh, that's what that nerve is. That's why people don't like it. When I rub that area with my right. you know tool right. or when yeah. I put my thumb there. Exactly. Oh, so I should kind of like, you know, go this way. I should go like 45 degrees yeah. and avoid it. Oh, okay. Right. And it right. starts making sense. And then you see like the, the structures, how they all work together and how, you know, the, the scapula look a lot like the horns of the pelvis, like, yeah, huh, yeah. that's interesting. They're basically the same, you know, and right. Versus going all the way through school without some inspiration or some guiding light. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I wish I would have paid attention more in cadaver yeah. lab. Yeah. So yeah. And I mean, great. it did, it taught, it taught me kind of where to be more focused. You know, I was, uh, admittedly every weekend I was probably at a different seminar, which probably wasn't the best thing for me. Cause I was kind of rogue memorizing things and just being exposed. Mm-hmm. I spent way too much money and, but it, I, you know, I wouldn't, would never get that back. But so then you're on the weekends, you're with your friends, you maybe have, yeah. you know, a couple, couple too many soda pops. And so Monday in, in class was a little bit tough to, to concentrate, but you know, they kind of taught me where to focus in on like, Hey, this yeah. is, this, this, I, this is important. I need to know this because they were talking about it this weekend and stuff right. like that. So yeah, it, yeah, it kind of turned into like it's my worked guiding out. line. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're sure. licensed. You're in practice. Like that's right. That's right. C's get degrees, yeah. right? <laughs> that's right, baby. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, so, uh, Gestalt education really came out of like your experience and your your passion of this very broad approach to to what what are chiropractors capable of? What are they into? What matters, right? And one yeah. thing I love about courses like DNS and you know for me SFMA and it's um, license agnostic. There might be tra- athletic trainers in the room. There might be PTs. There might be um, massage therapists. There might be chiropractors. Might be anybody. Um, I don't know if you heard. Have you heard Peter Atia talk about DNS? It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It's so like, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. But anyways, um, you know, it's just the big thinkers of the world. So, mm-hmm. so along the way, those first few years and, and seminars, uh, do you have any, can you tell us a couple of stories of where like it definitely shifted your change or, oh my gosh, yeah. this isn't the only way. Cause that's, I think a, yeah. a very, when you're a young student, you're, and you're overwhelmed, there's safety in thinking, Hey, as long as I, this is different, this is awesome. And then something challenges it. And you're like, you're almost angry because you're like, wait a second, I just bet my future on this thing. And now it's a little different, you know? Right. Um, 
But if you look at, you know, I visited your clinic in Trims or you look at the walls, like the things that Brett has studied, there's <laughs> common threads, but there's sure. certainly a quilt yeah. of yeah. a mosaic of things, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many, so many different times. I, I'd say like one of the big turning points for me was uh, actually with McKinsey or MDT mechanical diagnosis and, and okay. treatment as uh, Brett and I were, were getting to know each other more. This is probably man, my seventh or eighth, uh, it's probably my seventh trimester. We were kind of in talks at that point and maybe me coming to Troy for my uh, like internship, but nothing really serious. And uh, I was kind of out on, MDT at the time, honestly, I'd taken uh, the A and B courses and was just like, ah, I was kind of going into D- uh, DNS. I was kind of boohoo and I was kind of being a jackass you know, to be completely honest with you about it. And uh, there was a C course in St. Louis and uh, Brandon Reed, one uh, another one of my great, great mm-hmm. friends through chiropractic school. He said, Let, let's just go, let's go. It'll, it'll be fun. You know, let, let's just go to St. Louis. We'll hang out and see what the course is all about. And Brett just happened to be there. Ironically, he was taking the course with us. And so this um, is a McKenzie C, not DNS. McKenzie C. McKenzie C. McKenzie C. Okay. And uh, Scott Herbowie was teaching it. And that weekend, Scott literally blew my mind. And I watched Brett's mind be blown too of like the things that he was teaching, how we were pulling rabbits, uh, you know, out of the hat. And Brett actually brought one of his players in, uh, Major League Baseball pitchers that was having TMJ issues. And Brett, that's literally an expert in the world when it comes to, to uh, uh, temporal mandibular joint dysfunction. And I mean, he was still struggling with it. And Scott literally like pulled a rabbit out of his hat, helped the guy's jaw, had long lasting changes for the next several months. And I was just like, holy smokes. And so that was one of the moments that, you know, Brett and I actually kind of came together and started talking about this concept of Gasol education of like, you know, where we loved a joint um, manipulation with palpation, but then if MDT can come in here and then, oh my gosh, then mm-hmm. DNS kind of has the, the, the groundwork as far as where, you know, why these things are happening. And, you know, this is kind of like where it all comes together. And, I, and Brett had had these thoughts before, but, you know, maybe not shared them with as intimately with someone as he, as he did with me, which I was super thankful. And so that was, yeah, that was kind of like the starting point, honestly, of like where this, I don't know, kind of all developed. And, you know, I, I started Gestalt uh, you know, with, with another intern of, uh, of ours in, uh, it was during my internship and, uh, during my internship, they were running all the courses that Brett was hosting in Troy through the front desk of the office. And you, I, Josh, I know you love systems. That is a horrible system. We have patients calling them, but then they're taking payment over the phone and, oh, it was a mess. And so, uh, my wife was getting into website design. And so I was like, Hey, what if we just designed a website that people could sign up online? So we did it. And that's, that's all it started as that was Gestalt, you know, that was, that was Gestalt education. Yeah. And then the more we had those conversations like that weekend in, in the MDT in St. Louis, the more we kind of started to think about how this integration can line up and, and, you know, the rest is kind of history, but you know, that, that was a big turning point in my life. And then I have one funny story uh, too, is Brett was flying into Kansas city for an extremities course, an MPI extremities course. And I was the president of MPI at the time. So it was my duty to get him from the airport and get into his hotel safely. And, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And uh, so he was flying in halfway late. It was a, a Friday after he got off, uh, out, done with the clinic. And I, so I think his flight was supposed to land at like nine o'clock central time. And I'm watching on flight tracker, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's storm comes through. They take off, they get over Kansas city. And all I see is I'm doing this. And it's just like circling, circling, circling. And then it turns around and heads back to St. Louis. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at the airport. I'm like, this is not good. So I go back home. He finally lands in St. Louis, lands back in St. Louis. Is like, Hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to drive or whatever. No big deal. So I leave my phone on loud. He calls me. He's like, Nope, just kind of just kidding. We're taking back off. So I drove to the airport three times that night. 
and finally picked him up. It was like three o'clock in the morning. And so we still like another little like bonding moment then, but then I watched him get up the next morning and act like nothing happened, like a true professional and teach that whole course. And I remember taking him to the airport on Sunday and I thought he was going to pass out in the car, but you know, it just like taught me a little bit about like perseverance and, you know, he'd been seeing patients all that week, but then he still showed up to teach. And, and yeah, it was uh, another little like good, good bonding moment. And, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, little lessons like that during school really kind of taught me, uh, you know, about perseverance and, you know, how to, how to kind of follow through with what you're going to yeah. do. And, and uh, a little bit of and a that true know, professionalism, man. I, yeah. I, uh, I was at a course one time in Orlando, Florida with a group that a, a big group that teaches a lot about golf fitness. And uh, I know the instructors didn't sleep that night because, you know, I left them at 5.00 AM at a Denny's and you know, you would, no one in that room knew that because they're so professional at their right. delivery. Now, I don't know, you know, I think they uh, had a bleeding ulcer inside of them to keep it all together, but right. Right. You know, but the I show mean, must that, go on. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, I, I've been so lucky over the last five years and, you know, last two years, two and a half years with our podcast of getting to see behind the scenes of all these yeah. like people. And, you know, we kind of talked about it before we came on, like, all these professionals that we look up to that, you know, are, are leaders in the profession. They all put our, their pants on like everyone else. They're just committed mm-hmm. to, uh, committed to me to changing the world when it comes to their discipline and, and like making yeah. changes and being, being disciplined enough to suffer through a hangover and but still like do what you need to do to get better in those types of things. So, yeah, well, let's, let's talk about some of those experts. I mean, you've had, uh, the opportunity to work with or learn from, uh, uh, Michael Shacklock. I'm trying to think of the, um, I've Greg Rose, <laughs> Greg Rose, Mike Leahy has been on your podcast. Yeah, James Andrews, the, yeah. the, the father of orthopedic, modern orthopedic medicine, James Andrews, you know, like if anybody doesn't know, uh, Andrews in this world, if you ever watch the NFL and they're like, they're sending it to Birmingham for a second opinion, they're sending it to James Andrews. I mean, that's like code. Right. And, uh, do you have any, could you share with us a couple stories of maybe signposts along the way where they said something, they taught you something <clears> that, that shifted your path a little bit or, or made you reconsider things like your, I love your MDT story because I think MDT is in my mind, sometimes it's classified as it's what you do when you don't want to put hands on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. then all people have like this uh, aversion to it sure. and it's like, yeah. Hey, sometimes that's the, that's, the you know? Ticket. Yeah. And what's always interesting to me is like some of the best adjusters in the world are huge MDT yeah. uh, fans. And you would think it would be the opposite. It'd be like, right. I'd rather solve it through manipulation, but they also realize manipulation going to solve this problem. Yeah, there was, um, uh, you know, ironically, our first guest ever was um, Bill, Bill Morgan from Parker. And it mm-hmm. was kind of at the back end of COVID and Brett, uh, they were, they put their, their Parker, uh, I think their Parker Dallas online. And it was mm-hmm. that year that they did it that online. And so Brett flew in to do his presentation and stuff. And we kind of dropped him on it. We were like, Hey, we're, we're starting this podcast. Would you be our guest? And, I remember being up on the stage kind of that they had built to, for this performance. And, you know, I'm sitting between Bill and, and Brett and uh, I just kind of remember that feeling of this is, this is special, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it wasn't necessarily anything he said, but it was how he carried himself, how he was uh, so willing to take a chance on us and take a chance on something at that time. And, you know, the year where he was, I guarantee he was stressed to the max trying to figure out COVID, trying to figure out what it looks like in the future, you know, trying to figure out all these things with, uh, with partners. When your yet. entire revenue stream for one company is getting huge groups of people meeting in a room and that's been eliminated, things are a little bit stressful. It's, exactly. But again, the consummate professional, like 
Yes, absolutely. I would love to help you guys out. Would love to do this. Uh, never batted an eye, answered some tough questions in that interview, even though we were so green and asking questions and interviewing. I mean, my goodness, mm-hmm. I look back and like, I'm sure you're the same way you look back on your early episodes, like, what was I doing? Uh, but that was kind of like the, I thought the turning point of like, you know, Bill was, was, uh, was willing to take a chance on us. So why wouldn't other people? And then that's kind of mm-hmm. what took it off. And then, you know, we, uh, uh, we interviewed, uh, Michael Gervais, who is a, a sports psychologist that he, he worked with the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. And then he works with all the Red Bull athletes. And so mm. he's got some insane stories, but we were in Long Beach um, uh, on Hermosa Beach. Brett had taken a, a player to him. And so he reached out randomly in an email and Mike said, yep, uh, come here and, you know, at this time in this place. And it was his little office. And we sat down and, and just had a conversation about mastery and, uh, you know, about what these high performers have in common. And, you know, uh, one thing I took away from that is it's, it's, they're doing the little things better than everybody, you know, like they're just, they're committed. They, they set a goal and they set their flagpole far enough that it's almost seems unrealistic, but then they mm. chase after it with like reckless abandonment. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they make small decisions during their day, during their week of like, no, I'm not going to do that because it gets me further away. I'm going to keep doing this, this, this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of across the board with all these like high performers that I've been, you know, lucky enough to sit down with is they're, they're constantly making the right decision, uh, for themselves. And the reason I say for themselves is, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, take tonight off. I'm tired. I don't want to study or I don't want to read this paper, or maybe I, you know, I don't want to, don't want to investigate this or work on this. Mm -hmm. And instead they're, they're making the committed decision to say, yes, I'm tired, but I'm still going to do something. Like I'm going to do something that makes me better today. And I think that's really the big difference is even in our, in our profession, but across the board of the people that are really achieving huge things and achieving these, these, uh, these massive followings and whatever you want to say, whatever your goal is in life, that's what they're, why they're achieving is because they're choosing to do the little things every single day. And, uh, man, I, I, I take that away every time, you know, we were just with, with Michael Leahy in, uh, in Colorado Springs about a month ago. And, uh, you know, just, he, he's a great guy. He speaks in absolutes, which, uh, some people get, maybe get a little turned off, but I love it. Like, I love how committed it is he is to his cause, how committed he is to, um, you know, the things that he's teaching and, uh, you know, he's consi- consistently learning and consistently adding new things, even as he's, yeah. you know, it'd be easy for him to take a couple of days off. We'll put it that way. So he had a great line. One time I was uh, talking to him at a seminar and, you know, he trained as like a fighter pilot, the yeah. U S air force Academy or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and then beyond. <clears throat> and he said, I said, you know, how are you able to make that decision? He goes, when you're flying at whatever, 700 miles an hour, you make a decision. You can't falter because you know, there's no room for mistake at that speed. Like a mistake is you're in the ground. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, when you decide to push the stick all the way left, I guess like you're fully committed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember listening to Ernst Zwick. Have you ever, if you have not interviewed that man, he is, no, huh? oh my God. So, uh, talk to Greg Rose about him. Yeah. Uh, Greg was stunned when he met this man of his approach and he works with junior athletes in Europe, mostly, uh, Australia. I'll try and um, match you up with him. Yeah. But he, he did this whole talk on, um, what are the sports qualities that lead to great golfers, for example, right? Cause yeah. GPI is interested in golfers. And he said, you know, if you, um, if you can't, you know, if you're not good at racket sports, you're probably not going to be good at wedge play. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, it's kind of the same finesse, right? You got to spin a ball. It's the same as getting a, the difference in a lob shot and a long runner and stuff. And I remember one of the things he says is, uh, when you're talking about, 
uh, Red Bull athletes. <laughs> uh, if you work with anyone that has a history of ski jumping, they're very good at commitment. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that, like once you commit and ski jump to lift your butt off that seat, you have committed, but it's not like it happens in a second. You know, you got five seconds or 10 seconds of that ramp of running up and deciding, but you know, how many times in sports, like you see like Tom Brady, you can see him like searching the field. And then he, he makes a decision and win, lose or draw. He's like, this ball is going to that spot. I've just picked out. We love it in sports, right? We love it in, yeah. in professional stuff. And, and I think the most professional people on earth will go like, Hey, you, you bet on the wrong pony, but God dang it. I respect you for committing to it. You know, it wasn't, it, yeah. you weren't halfway betting on them, you know? Well, and so, I think that's a, that's another thing that I've really learned is like taking all these people have taken clinical leaps of faith in their day that have gotten them to the point that they are, you know, sometimes, mm. you know, Brett and I, or, you know, our whole team, we talk about, you know, uh, giving your bi- best performance on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And that means something way different for everybody. You know, when mm-hmm. I'm on the sideline of a football game, giving my best performance is making sure that that, that you know, player is safe or like making the decision on whether or not they should go in the, in the game and stuff. And sometimes you don't know, like sometimes yeah. you don't know if you're going down the right way, which I think is part of this integration piece. Everybody wants this cookie cutter approach of like, this is exactly what you do when you, when this approach, uh, you know, appears and this is it. And then you, we almost get snowed into thinking like clinically, like, we're going to get everybody better because we followed this algorithm. And in reality, I mean, as you know, Josh, getting people better is the hardest thing in, in the world. I will, I will say that to the day I die. Treatment is easy. Like you can show up and any, any chiropractic student can probably walk in and do what I do on a day, but are going to get completely different results, which is hard because that's like the intangibles. Those are the things like, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to choose to do this a little bit differently and things like that. And so, you know, that's, that's another thing I've, I've really taken away from all these people is like, sometimes you don't a hundred percent know you have a pretty good idea and you're playing the percentages, but sometimes you just got to commit and just go for it. And if it's wrong, Hey, you tried it. We'll try something new. You know, uh, Tony Robbins, he he always talks about, uh, you know, if you want to take the Island, you burn your boats. He's, Mm -hmm. he adds in a little curse word in there too. But you know, if you, if you give yourself an out, uh, especially in life, usually you're going to take the easy way out. But if you kind of choose the difficult path, usually you're going to accomplish, you know, when they're, whether it's between, uh, you know, achieving and not achieving, Hopefully, if you if you remove those variables that give you the easy way out, you're going to achieve. And I, I think that's uh, that's really what I've I've kind of learned. I mean, Greg Rose, goodness gracious, the the guy was basically dead. Uh, he you know uh, a couple couple months ago had a pacemaker put in that he talked about on our podcast. Uh, he still gave a presentation. I think three weeks later. And, you know, but like he, he's always committed to, to doing and achieving things uh, that are, that are better. And uh, I just respect the heck out of people that can do that. I respect you for, I mean, how long has your podcast been going, Josh? I think it started in 2018. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, as long as I've been a chiropractor. And yeah. so, you know, like that takes so much commitment and people don't realize, think, people think it's just, oh, it's just conversations. And I know you're, you love it. I love talking to people. Yeah. I love doing this, but it's still commitment. It's still an effort and it's still, uh, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world and it's easy to take a week off or take a couple of days off. But, uh, I, I think if I've learned anything from being around these people, it's you, uh, you got to keep making those, those choices. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's shift a little bit into Gestalt, uh, education. So, so there you were, you started this, uh, simple registration plan at the front desk <laughs> or get it away from the front desk. I guess. Right. But, um, for those who, who maybe haven't followed you guys, man, some of the people you've, you've brought in for these courses, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's like you're, 
you're like a you're a writer for Rolling Stone and you know what band is huge in Brazil and you're like I'm bringing them to the states for this tiny little you know we're going to play it at some tiny club in Boston or something but right. um tiny oh. club in Troy that's what we call Winchester Spinus Bar it's just one big club so <laughs> that's right it's got a hell of a bar I've I've had a drink from that's exactly so. right that's yeah. exactly right uh, but for, for those who maybe haven't followed you to this point number one throughout the the website so people can check it out because it's always getting updated with new courses that you know yeah. really will improve and maybe challenge your clinical assumptions too yeah it's gestaltedu.com so g e s t a l t edu.com. Fantastic. And, and over the last few years, who are some of the highlights? Yeah, you brought I mean, in? We, we've been lucky enough. We've, uh, we've become really good friends with Michael Shacklock uh, with Neurodynamic Solutions. And so we have him at least every year. Uh, this year we spent two weeks with him. We were in, um, we started in Arizona for a week mm. and then we went to Jupiter, Florida for a week. And so, uh, man, we, we, Chasing baseball. That sounds like yes, baseball. Chasing baseball. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had a blast. And uh Antonio Stecco, uh, the the fashion manipulation group has been uh one one of the things that we've really div- dove into lately. Uh, Josh, you spoke at the at our at our uh uh place in Troy. Um uh, we've had every DNS course you can imagine from Richard Ohm to Marcella. Uh, to Martina, to, you know, all these great uh, instructors from the Prague. from And for those who aren't familiar with the DNS kind of world, Rich Ulm is coming from a a very strength-based perspective, right? Exactly, exactly. uh, Pediatrics uh, portions uh, would be Martina and Marcella. So DNS is based off developmental kinesiology, which means, you know, uh, the way way I always tell tell to my patients, it doesn't matter if you're born in Las Vegas or Australia or Troy, Missouri, you're going to go through the same developmental milestones in that first year of life. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the bedrock of our rehab and, and the bedrock of everything we do. And so uh, having these instructors come from Prague, that that's their, that's their bread and butter. I mean, that's where it started uh, to, to teach us, uh, man, it's such an eye opening experience because they're uh, you know, they're, they're using DNS as their primary uh, ways of, of helping patients and through a rehab perspective. And so getting it from the horse's mouth, literally, but from the, the, the Prague instructors has been something really special. And then of course we have Brett, uh, we, we run him out all the time, uh, mainly cause he's at home and, uh, you know, we do everything from a TMJ dysfunction course to DNS to, uh, yeah, we, we've had all sorts of stuff. We're super excited. Uh, this, uh, the first weekend in November, we're, we're bringing the first ever, uh, neurodynamics world Congress. And so this is something that we cooked up in January when we were with Shacklock for two weeks, and that's going to be at Parker Dallas. And we're going to combine lots of different things there. This is our first kind of intro into integration, honestly. And that's, going to have uh, Michael Shacklock absolutely that's going to kind of MC the whole thing. Antonio Stecco is going to talk about fascial manipulation or the fascial system with nerve entrapments or with the nervous system in general. Mike Leahy is going to talk about his long long nerve courses and how that impacts nerves. Uh, Brett's going to talk about DNS's perspective. Annie O'Connor is going to be there to kind of give the pain mm-hmm. classification systems. Uh, David Seaman. What happens when those nerves won't calm down? Exactly. <laughs> David Seaman is yeah. going to talk about the internal chemistry and how that all happens. And then uh, Bill Morgan, we're trying to get him to talk a little bit about stenosis and kind of the central canal stuff that yeah. uh, infects the nervous system. And so, uh, yeah, we were always expanding and always trying to, to bring in new things. We'll put it that mm-hmm. way. And, uh, you know, we, we've got some good stuff cooked up for next year that we haven't announced, but, um, yeah, so we're, uh, the, and these courses are, are we're trying to make them fun and unique. And, you know, yeah. Josh, we, we brought that when you came to Troy, we have a, we have a happy hour every Saturday night. And, right. uh, so we roll out the bags, uh, the, the cornhole boards, the, uh, ping pong, a couple coolers full of, uh, seltzers and beer. And, uh, it, it really kind of gives us a chance to, 
uh, the, the people to talk to the instructors on a more personal basis, maybe ask some more uh, directed questions and then get to know people in the community. Because uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's easy to feel like you're on an island if you're in small town, Kansas or something like that. And mm-hmm. you don't have this support system that I have. I'm lucky. I get, I have Brett, I have Peter, I have all these other people that are MDs or trainers to Constant to talk flow to. of students coming in with fresh ideas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, I get it. If you're a one man show, I mean, it's hard to build that community so that you can can, um, you know, yeah. feel, feel like you're a part of something, which I know that you have your Facebook group, which is a great outlet, but to actually get face to face with people during these seminars, There's nothing I think better. is exactly. And, and to your point about when you're saying integration, um, I think you're saying like clinical integration, like what should I do with this patient? But I think those happy hours are great for business operation integration. If you're like, Hey, I'm going to do something that's now going to take an extra 20 minutes with every patient. How the hell do I shove that into the operations of my clinic? And there was a conversation that went on at the happy hour. Um, at, at our course that I remember that somebody was like, well, I'd love to do this, but I just don't have time for exercise. And somebody responded, oh no, I just do X, Y, Z and I bill it this way. And I could see on the other person's face, like everything became clear. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. that's how I can totally do that. Integrate it into with the operations because how many times are great treatments hamstrung by the limitations of our you know, Hey, we do 15 minute visits or, Hey, I have to see X number of new patients or, you know, blah, 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 whatever those things are. We often forget like, dude, this thing has to operate in a business, you know, unless you're doing like college athletics or something where it's just socialized, you know, it doesn't matter how much time you spend or there's no cost. So, right. um, Yeah. Well, I I think that's at least once a, once a course, that's, that's I'll hear someone say uh, that, that right there, that was worth the course. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I spent seven hundred dollars. I learned a little bit about DNS and other things like that. But that yeah. th- that conversation was worth right. it. And so, or a you relationship know, I, you leave with, like, like yes. you text you, hey Taylor, I just I had this young athlete. Let me bounce this off you. You know, he's just not getting better. What would you do? Should I MRI or should I do whatever? Should I yeah. shut him down? Right. That's a yeah. tough decision to make sometimes, sure. especially with young athletes in season. And having that professional level mind, not your, not your CA, not your you know front desk person, but like, hey remove yeah. you from the situation. You've never met right. little Joey. Would you shut him down? You're like, yeah, I would. Like, okay. Yeah. Thank God. Cause that, that helps me. Or like you said, like maybe it's front desk. Maybe you're having some issues at the front desk or like, how are you training your there CA you or maybe your trainer yeah. struggling, like having someone from an outside perspective, you know how much easier it is if someone approaches mm-hmm. you like, Hey, so-and-so is doing this. Like, this is ridiculous, but how do I change it? And you're like, yeah. dude, you got to get rid of so-and-so, yeah. you know, like or little yeah. things like that. Sometimes you just need an outside perspective. And I think having that community of growth and, have that community to, yeah, like you said, bounce ideas off is, man, I'm forever grateful. Like the people that I have in this phone is stupid. Like I never should yeah. have the phone numbers I have, but um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's special. I shouldn't even have your phone number, Josh, dang it. <laughs> you do? Uh, erase yeah. it. No, just kidding. No, but it's, it's, it's been a blast, you know? And so for those listening, like, I don't, I don't want to skip over the fact check that website. And like, I wish you had set a timer to check it every 90 days because like, mm-hmm. I remember I checked it and a month later, I was like, I wonder what they got coming in. And I was like, Holy Moses, they've updated the hell out of this thing. And like Annie O'Connor was on there. You had some DNS courses and everything. And it's, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, uh, I'm excited that you, you bring these courses that might shift your focus, might, you know, challenge your assumptions and also are, um, I think one thing about the ones certainly hosted in Troy is they're approachable enough that, you know, they're, uh, how do I say this? I don't know if you've ever been to a course like with 200 people in it or something. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. different feeling like Parker. Yeah. Parker, for example, is mm-hmm. tons of amazing speakers. There's no other way you'd be able to get those people in the room. Yeah. 
but there's not a lot of like that kind of mom and pop feel of like, Hey, that's a great idea, but how do I do it at my local practice? And your courses are all local active providers. So yeah. Yeah. Our goal uh, is to try to keep it around 30 people. And so it's, it's, it's intimate where our price is a little bit higher because of that, but Mm -hmm. uh, we, that's kind of on purpose, you know, like that's, that's, uh, that's because we're trying to keep it intimate. Who you'll get in the room. It's who you won't have in the room. Yeah. All the, the resistant tire kickers aren't going to be there. So that's, and I mean, the, the cool thing with, uh, you know, Brett is if you look back at his like uh, interns that he's had or that have come through Winchester Spine Sport, it's a special group. You know, the people that are doing big things, Rich Alm, Bo Beard, you know, all these awesome people. And I, I, every single course, at least one or two of those are back in the room, which is always fun because, you know, you can get a different perspective on someone that's teaching on the weekends mm-hmm. too. So it's always, it, it's always a good collaboration and, and things like that. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a special place. We, uh, and uh, people always ask us all the time, like, why are you in Troy? Like move to Chesterfield or move closer to the airport and stuff like that. And honestly, like it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of a badge of honor for us. Brett's wife is from Troy, which is why we're here, but uh, we want to bring, everyone to Troy, you know, do you remember the Clarence Khan said like Mount Horb, uh, Wisconsin, like that, we want that same feel like, uh, it it feels like a college and it feels like, uh, you're kind of coming out here for a reason for education. And, uh, so, uh, for those maybe asking if we're going to change locations, I know that we're stuck in Troy, like we're bringing you out to Troy. So get used to it. It's the greatest, (laughs) you know, uh, not, I don't want to, not to make this longer, but I think one perspective that I love about chiropractic and hands-on care and everything, uh, let me share a quick story. Are you good on time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a Rotarian as well as president of my Rotary club. Yeah, so, nice. uh, tip of the cap to you, sir. And one time we had a speaker from a group called Corazon and, uh, it, which is Spanish for the heart. So I'm sorry, wrong, wrong one. Uh, Liga L I G A the flying doctors of mercy. And so it was this group of doctors based in Southern California that would fly their private planes down to these tiny villages in Mexico or like to provide healthcare on Friday afternoon and all day Saturday. And when I say healthcare, I mean, we're talking like fixing um, cleft palates and, you know, removing tumors, uh, external tumors on eyelids and stuff like things that really affect life, but you could handle in a day. Right. And so they're like, the guy's presenting and I go up to him afterwards like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm a chiropractor. Do you ever have chiropractors on there? He's like, Oh, we love chiropractors. I was like, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, really? Like he goes, Oh, he said, some of these people like work is like, you know, farmers and, and stuff and their backs are all injured. And he goes, uh, and you guys are great. You, if I give you a table, you can treat a hundred people today. He goes, what I, what drives me nuts are these orthopedic surgeons that just, you know, they're like, Hey, I want to give back. And, you know, we have a long line of people, 300 people long. And they're like, this guy needs an MRI and that guy needs a CBC. And he goes, Hey brother, that sun in the sky is as close as we're going to get to imaging. That's it. <laughs> He's like, but you guys yeah, can yeah. do things right now with what you got, which is your hands on a table. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. He's like, so anytime you guys want to come down, let me know. And so if you guys ever get the chance, look up Liga or the Flying Doctors of Mercy. They just go to, they used to do it by donkey train and go to these wow. little villages. Yeah. Cause it's like nowheresville. Anyways, what was I saying about that? The reason I brought that up is uh, I think about that the idea of thinking inside the box when you're restricted on your scope, you're restricted on your skills or whatever. And I think a perfect example of this, I've shared it before on the podcast, but DNS came out of an area when it developed in Prague, you have a communist country that has absolutely no money and a dearth of these young orphans essentially. Right. And it's like, Hey, what let's, let's study these orphans. Let's do an MRI. And they're like, there's not an MRI machine for thousands of miles. Right. You know, you got your hands and you got the kids. What can you do? 
And because they said like, what can we do right now? Their skills develop better. And DNS became a program because of the lack of technology. And if you think about it, there's no technology involved. Hell, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not even a new system. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's recognizing 10,000 year old development, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, Whether you're born in in, in China or born in in the U S or born in, in uh, Prague, didn't matter. And so those things are often the most powerful, the things that are already there. Yeah. yeah. And you think about like McKenzie start the story of how McKenzie started where, um, I, I can't remember the guy, uh, what's Robin McKenzie's first Robin, Robin McKenzie left a patient in his PT room, you know, and he forgot about him. Right. And that was the yeah. birthplace. Yeah, yeah. That was the yeah, birthplace. Exactly. So the, the, all the reason I'm saying this is that drive to Troy, I think psychologically from the airport to Troy, it's, what is it? 45 minutes an hour? Yeah. It's not, 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost cleansing of all the things you think you need to add on to your clinical care, you know, yeah. and yeah. yeah, wide open space of the Midwest. And it's like, like ditch everything and go back to what do you got? And it's like yeah. your hands, your brain, and maybe a table or flat ground. And I will tell you like the best, uh, when we have our clinic gym hybrid courses, people that leave that thinking that the only way they're going to do this is by buying a squat rack. I'm like, you miss the core idea. Like if that's right. the solution, I have failed as a teacher. Right. You know, a right. squat rack may be a nice addition in the right setting. Yeah. A kettlebell may be the right thing. But if I could give you like an open space and a folding chair and you can run four people through, we're in a good spot. You know, and you can have a progression for every single one of them and a regression right. for everyone. We're in a good spot. So I would rather do a course at a, you know, whatever you want to say, community-based clinic in Troy than mm-hmm. at um, the number one hospital in St. Louis. Right? right. I would ne- rather do it there than at a, a huge orthopedic center or something because mm-hmm. the assumptions and the approach and the mindset are going to be different and they're, and true learning is going to um, occur rather than how do I do this with more equipment, technology, money, et cetera. That's so right. I commend so you. True. Yeah. I commend you for those things because there is magic. There's more magic there than there is in, you know, <laughs> unlimited budgets, you know? That's true. Yeah. It's so true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I love awesome. it. I love well, it. Taylor, yeah. Go ahead. One other thing, Josh, if I could just yeah. leave it with, um, you know, in the world where, you know, AI is increasing and where we we're kind of having people maybe grandstanding a little bit saying that what we can and can't do with our hands. Uh, mm-hmm. If I could just give a plea out for people, don't give up on yourself with your hands. Uh, you know, like you said, if you're on a desert Island and you have these, you should be able to help every patient. And, uh, if you're, if you're feeling like that is not the case, seek education, find someone that, yeah, yeah. A mentor, someone that can teach. It doesn't have to be us. Just, uh, find someone that is, is willing to teach you what they've learned about their hands. You know, we love research. I love research more than anything. And there's been some stones cast about what we can and cannot feel with our hands as far as palpation and muscles and Mm -hmm. trigger points and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm here to tell you, don't give up on your hands because patients are craving someone that is going to do something with them, meaning put their hands on them and and help them. Because uh, if you can't do it, then they're going to find somebody that can, whether that's a massage therapist, a PT, a trainer, uh, uh, you know, all these people uh, that are willing to put their hands on their patients are going to have better outcomes when it comes to musculoskeletal health and uh, patients are craving for it. So don't give up on it. Yeah. I mean, Again, strip off all the technology and all the mm-hmm. learning and stuff. When a when a two year old takes gets hurt in any way, yeah. Imagine the mother giving you know hugging him without hands, without yeah, right. hands on. Right? right? It would just be like so foreign to be like this doesn't feel good. Having them rate, rate their pain scale and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then oh, what what this 
two-year-old re- really needs right now is education about his injury. You know, that's like, right. oh, that's, that's called right. your humor. It's like, ah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, just the act of laying hands upon someone with no treatment intent, I'm just saying putting your hands on is mm-hmm. already better than, than yeah. not. Right. That's right. That's right. And then it only gets better from there. So, that's right. um, you know, let's let, let, let the research argue it out, but that's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Josh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for having me on brother. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I uh, love the podcast. Throughout the, it's a, it's throughout the pleasure, website. So. One more time. Uh, gestaltedu.com, G-E-S-T-A-L-T-E-D-U.com. Uh, and then uh, we've also got merch on there and stuff like that too. If you guys uh, uh, want a little uh, sports book uh, shirt or anything along those lines, well, it's it's on there. So, uh, and then Fantastic. if you, if you, would check out our podcast. It's just the Gestalt Education Show. It's on all major platforms and on YouTube as well. So uh, yeah. if you guys need anything or if you have more questions too, feel free to reach out to me. And uh, I think you're going to put the my email in the show notes or uh, my Instagram is a great way to DM me. It's just at Dr. Taylor Premer. So at Dr. Taylor Premer. Yep. You got it. Perfect. All right. Well, Taylor, this has been an absolute, uh, well worth waking up early for baby. So <laughs> thanks brother. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Say hi to all the, all the boys there and uh, at, at Winchester Spine Sport. And on behalf of Dr. Taylor Premer, this is Dr. Josh Satterley saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks, bud. Later, man. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.